if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, uh, press the button, which means we're live. And it is the final show, I guess, until the end of time. I don't know. I mean, are we going to do like a, a championship game talk or? I mean, I guess we could on Monday, right? I mean, that I don't work, really you know? care. That's up to you. You're, you're, right. you're the one in charge. Fine. Fine by me. All right. We're going to cover a lot of things here. Not just the final four. Um, we are going to have a guest joining us here soon. Um, oh, so... I, I guess. I remember what happened last time we tried to do this. They never showed up. What do you like? We, <laughs> we had to reschedule, remember? Not yeah, on we... this one, but okay. on the other one. I don't understand what obviously. Anyways. Did I miss something? Yeah. I'll tell Which you. Which one later. are you talking about? Okay, fine. <laughs> Put it in the private chat if you want. Um <laughs> so yeah, uh we'll talk about many of things, not just the final four, which is happening tomorrow, apparently. And um you know, it's 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 a, it's an okay final four, I guess. I think for the average fan, probably not a lot of buzz there. Um, I saw first time that four teams are in the final four and they're all east of the Mississippi. I don't know what that. Yeah, I saw that you know, too. Entails, I guess, it just means that Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky aren't, aren't, I don't okay. know. I don't, I don't know, know geography. Is yeah. It's not what Who cares we're doing at this here. point, you know? And uh, this isn't a geography class. I mean, you know, hey, that's just the way it goes. Cross the fingers and all that stuff. Um, all right. right. <laughs> uh, so there is a lot of transfers in the portal. If I go to verbal commits right now, um, oh, there is so a lot transfers. of transfers. Uh, one thousand one hundred eighty, according to this. I don't have access to the what official did, portal. What but, did we say? How many kids are playing college basketball right now? Like, like over four thousand. Four thousand. Yeah, I mean the biggest that's names nice. that have joined the biggest name that joined today. I mean you had Nesbitt, who was a four-star top seventy player uh, from Memphis. Yeah, yeah. and Brady Manick, who was a four-year starter at Oklahoma, uh, he's leaving. And then you have the fact that um, Porter Moser is going to Oklahoma and leaving Loyola Chicago. I mean, I yeah, you have to think if Loyola Chicago beats Oregon State and he gets the Elite Eight, maybe he doesn't leave. Yeah, I you know I find this weird. I don't know, like why didn't he leave the first time? He just didn't want to. What would, what, to what would he have been offered the first time? I don't even remember. I don't. I don't remember who else was in that. But well, let's just put it this way. You know, at that time there were rumors that he might go to DePaul, which would have been a horrible move. This is better. Um, he's going to a program that's in pretty good shape. I mean, Lon Kruger, it's not like they're just firing a coach. They had a coach retire. Yeah. Um, and honestly, Texas Tech is probably a better job, um, but maybe Texas Tech didn't want him. I think if yeah. I'm Texas Tech, I would want Joe Golding, who is basically the closest thing to Chris Beard that they're going to get. Yeah, in Oklahoma, I the mean, same. they've kind of had a little bit more time after. I mean, because Lon, as soon as, what was it, the next day, announced he was going to retire. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little over a week ago, I guess. But yeah. um, 
So I don't know. We'll talk maybe, about maybe. Roy Williams when the guest joins. I want to talk about the North Carolina job. We'll also talk about Porter Moser. But, I mean, if he's going to leave Loyola Chicago, I'm a little bit surprised that he did go to this one. But I guess, you know, you never know, right? And uh, I mean, Oklahoma's a good job. So I, I don't know where else you would have went. You don't, I mean, North Carolina wasn't going to yeah. be knocking on his door, were they? Yeah. I doubt it. Uh, they want Jerry Stackhouse or whatever. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll put the guest on now. Uh, Sean Paul joins us. Uh, let's uh, at Sean O2M2M on Twitter. I didn't even have it pulled up. I should have had it pulled up. Makingthemattis.com. All that stuff. Uh, Sean, how you doing? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Let's good, talk man. about what just broke which was Porter Moser to Oklahoma and the fact that Loyola Chicago apparently countered with an insane offer. Um, and I know that you think that Drew Valentine should get the first look for the Loyola Chicago job. What do you think about Porter Moser finally leaving Loyola Chicago and then going to Oklahoma? Yeah, I think it was only a matter of time before Porter Moser opted to leave. What he's been able to do there is miraculous. I mean, Loyola Chicago, I feel like the casual fan didn't even know what a, what a Loyola Chicago was before like four years ago. So the fact that they're now like a household name in college basketball, they've been to a Final Four, they've been to a Sweet 16, he's just created that program into something that's going to be memorable now. You know, kind of like Brad Stevens did at Butler. I don't know if they'll have the same – you know, sustained success that Butler's had, but we'll see what happens. But I definitely love the hire for Oklahoma. You know, losing Lon, Lon Kruger, I, that's probably unexpected. I didn't see it happening. But you couldn't get a better hire than Porter Moser, similar to Chris Beer going to Texas. You know, those are just – those are, were your top options without a doubt, and that's who they ended up with. So it's definitely a great hire for both teams there. All right, so I'm looking at Drew Valentine. here's an assistant at Loyola Chicago – You'd think that it would make sense if they're going to replace Porter Moser to stay in-house or stay with a guy that is close to that job. Um, do you think there's anybody else other than him that might get a look for the Ramblers? Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll look other places. I'm not sure who they'd look at, but I think the smart move is definitely Drew Valentine. He's brother uh, of Denzel Valentine. Not that that has anything to do with it, just interesting <laughs> to me. But – uh. Yeah, he. I think he's going to be a very good head coach. I think that's who they're ultimately going to pick. The players love him. He's well-respected around there. And I feel like most people uh, around the industry feel like he's a very high-end assistant coach. And if Loyola Chicago doesn't hire him, which they absolutely should, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to Oklahoma with Porter Moser. All right. Uh, let's, let's real quick talk about Chris Beard going to Texas. And I think that – the thing here is I don't understand how the AD at Texas Tech, whose name I don't know off the top of my head, was blindsided Kirby by Hope this. Like, okay, I, I just thought that this was like obvious, right? I didn't know if Beard would actually leave to do it, but if he was going to go somewhere, Texas is the job that he was probably going to go for. And also, people forget he was the head coach, quote-unquote, at UNLV <laughs> for like two weeks before leaving to go to Texas yeah. Tech. And I know that we agree on this, that Joe Golding should absolutely get the first look for Texas Tech. And, uh, you know, what do you think about Beard going to Texas? I think it's a great hire for Texas, but uh, how do you think he's going to do there? Home run hire. I mean, you just, there wasn't a better hire. You know, they're looking at Royal Ivy and a few other guys. I don't think Royal Ivy would have been bad, but the hire was Chris Beard without a doubt. Just hand him a blank check and whatever he wants, you give it to him. But that's where he went to school. Uh, you know, it's his alma mater. He's a graduate assistant there. It was, When that job opened, it was seemed pretty inevitable that he was going to take it if the offer lined up. And he didn't give 
Texas Tech a chance to counter, which the AD didn't like, but that just shows it wasn't about the money. That's where he wanted to be. He wanted to be at, te- at Texas, and, you know, I get Texas Tech fans are mad. I, I don't blame them for being upset because they lost their coach. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and, yeah. you know, it's just, nobody cared about Texas Tech before Chris Beard got there pretty much. Tubby Smith, uh, he didn't have a very good tenure there. Neither did Billy Gillespie or Pat Knight. So after going from a decade of irrelevancy to becoming a national championship, uh, being seconds away from winning a championship, and then being a contender every season for the next few years after that, I feel like, you know, you don't have to like Chris Beard, but I think you should, you know, at least respect the decision because he brought Texas Tech to new heights, and a lot of coaches are going to want that job. So the big job open now is North Carolina with Roy Williams retiring, and you get the sense that they're going to stay in-house for this one or go with someone that's close to the program. I know Wes Miller from UNC Greensboro. You got uh, what's-his-face, the assistant, Hubert. Uh, don't even know his last name. Davis. There you go. I would have gotten that in like 30 seconds, but it's, 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 it is what it is. Um, Jerry Stackhouse, I think, would be a horrible hire. That's oh, just God, my man. opinion. No, that I can't would... believe that that's even thought about. There's about That'll 60 guys I would hire before Jerry yeah. Stackhouse. Like, it, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even call him. I just not – I wouldn't do it. If he calls me, I'm hanging up the phone. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think that, like, he hasn't done a good job at Vanderbilt. He's done a lot of stupid things there, including DMing Vanderbilt fans or whatever the hell that whole thing was. <laughs> the only thing that he does well there is he has a nice suit when he coaches. Good for him. So, sure. other than that, he's done terrible. And, and he's recruited uh, well. But, like, that doesn't mean anything if you're not winning games. And the DMing Vanderbilt fans, like, obviously Vanderbilt's a tough job. But if UNC had a terrible year, if they hire him hypothetically in his first year, they suck and don't make the tournament, he's not going to last there because he's going to go off on fans. Like, that's just not someone you want as your coach. Yeah, I think if you're North Carolina, you got to go with someone who's actually had some success, whether that's being an assistant or – you know, as a head coach, I know Wes Miller's won the SoCon a few times. I think he would be a good hire, but I saw that. I mean, I'd probably, you know, give a call to uh, Tony Bennett, Virginia. I know oh, they yeah. think highly of him. Uh, I don't know if he would leave for it. I mean, I, I'm assuming he would if he got more money and a better offer, right? I mean, you'd think, I know he's done great things in Virginia, but North Carolina is a different job. Yeah, I don't think he's a Virginia lifer in like, you make a lot of calls like Wes Miller and Hubert Davis, obviously. I think one of those two inevitably gets the job. But you call Mark Few. I don't think Mark Few's going to take it like at all. Like He might not even answer the phone. But you call Mark Few multiple times until he blocks your number, probably. And then you call Tony Bennett. You call whatever other guys you feel like might take the job. You just call whoever because it's North Carolina. You can kind of just call whoever you want. Like Call Mike Boynton if you wanted to. Call Nate Oates, call whoever, Eric Musselman. I know Arkansas fans don't like that at all. But call whoever you think might want the job, and until they say no, you know, just entertain it, carry out the process, and then you'll probably end up with Wes Miller or Hubert Davis. But both those options are very good. Do you think that North Carolina gets into, like, the trend of, you know, trying to coach out for three years and then, you know, letting them go and find somebody? I mean, you had Dean Smith, and then you had, you know, two other guys that were there for a total of six years. And then you have Roy Williams, who's been there since, you know, 18 years now. Do you think that they get a a lifer guy or do you think that they're going to start this, you know, every few guys? Because North Carolina wasn't great this year. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think North Carolina being 
not very good the past two years is a big reason why Roy retired. He said, uh, you know, he wasn't the man for the job, which I highly disagree with. I, I mean, he's he's old, but like he's Roy Williams, yeah. like he's the guy for the job. Like, but it, it's got to take though. it out of you being a coach and traveling and doing, yeah. you know, I, I get it. But. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I think they go with a guy that they feel like can be there for the long haul, which is why I think they hire Wes Miller. He's only 38 years old. He's been a head coach for a decade. Not often do you see guys that are not even 40 be a head coach for a decade, make multiple NCAA tournaments, and become a powerhouse in the SOCON. I think that Wes Miller is a hire. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Hubert Davis, but if Wes Miller is a hire, like, he could be there for 30 years. Like, He's that young. If he's the coach is there till he's seventy, that's a thirty-two year stint. Like that's a long time. He played there, and he's from Greensboro, so that definitely mm-hmm. checks a couple boxes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a great hire. Now, let me ask you this: I know we both think that Joe Golding should be one of the top guys for Texas Tech. What do you actually think happens with that job? Sounds like Grant McCaslin from Texas Tech or from uh, North Texas might be the front runner right now, but. Man, I, I, I would go with Joe Golding, you know. He just He's so similar to Chris Beard in a lot of ways, and they happen to be, like, best friends. But they're similar in a lot of ways. Just they like playing tough defense. They're, they'll get the most out of your guys. Like the Abilene Christian team, I watched a lot of them this season, and there's not a, there wasn't a guy on the team. Like, Clay Gaiman was solid, but he got hurt here and there. Uh, Colton Cole was pretty good. Arion Simmons, Corian Mason, those are all solid players. But none are great players. Like, I don't know how many of those guys are going to play pro ball anywhere. But uh, Joe Pleasant, too, obviously, who's transferring now. But those are all guys that are, like, solid players. But he got the most out of them and had them play tough on defense. That translates anywhere as long as you get guys to buy into your system. So I think that him at Texas Tech would be a great fit. I think, you know, he's not going to be Chris Beard, but he can bring them to tournaments pretty often. I think Grant Caslin would be a pretty good hire, too. He's won everywhere he's been, whether it's a D2 or uh, I think he's Juco coach for a bit and obviously North Texas. I think you can't go wrong with either of those two. Well, what a story that would be. You have Texas loses to Joe Golding and Abilene Christian. Shaka Smart leaves because he was probably going to get fired if he didn't win a couple tournament games the next season. Goes to Marquette. Uh-huh. Joe Golding and Chris Beard are best friends. Chris Beard gets the Texas job. Joe Golding gets the Texas Tech job. I mean, that would be quite something. And, uh, you and know, it's all I think because that Abilene be beat Texas. Yeah, and it's yep. all because Abilene beat Texas. All goes Texas. back to that one thing. Joe Pleasant making those free throws, big deal too. So uh, let's discuss yep. a little bit of transfer before we get into the final four. We are Illini fans, so we want to know, uh, do you think that – or are you surprised that Adam Miller entered the transfer? Because I didn't feel like he was that great of a fit at Illinois because he's not going to handle the ball or be the playmaker because obviously yeah. Io or Cabello would do that this year. Cabello is going to be the guy next year. And he's six foot two, so he's not going to be a – prime time spot up shooter like they want him to be I don't think so what do you think about that yeah I don't know why Adam Miller went to Illinois like I assumed when Io announced he was coming back uh whenever that was June or July yeah I did I don't I didn't think he was gonna I thought he was gonna decommit like I didn't know why he still went to Illinois because it was obvious he wasn't to handle the ball this season I thought next season he was going to I didn't expect Andre Curbelo to burst onto the scene like this so fast Obviously, he's the future of the Illinois program. So, I guess I'm not surprised that he transferred. I didn't really think about it, though. So, like, if I thought about it, I'd be like, he could transfer. But it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, he's probably going to end up, you know, Michigan is one. But, like, does he really fit there either? 
Then you think Michigan about Michigan has way I, too many stars coming for him to. I I feel like Adam Miller yeah. is a guy that wants to be the guy. What about so. what about Arizona? Yeah, I was gonna say I think one of the two Arizona schools where he ends up because I know Arizona and Arizona State recruit him pretty heavily, I believe. So I could see him landing at one of those two spots, and obviously Bobby Hurley at Arizona State. He has a guard you thing going on there. They he lets his guards play free, and Adam Miller would certainly handle the ball there. So if he landed at Arizona State, I would not be surprised at all. Kind of the same deal, Arizona. That you know James Akinjo's leading the show right now, but if you can get Adam Miller. You can take Akinjo off the ball a little bit and let Adam Miller run the show. I think he lands with one of the two Arizona schools for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the other one I have before we talk about the Final Four is uh, what do you think if Cameron Crutwig takes the extra year now, what do you think happens with him now with Porter Moser going to Oklahoma? Do you think he stays at Loyola Chicago if he plays another season, or do you think he goes uh, He can still elsewhere? be a grad transfer without that, right? I mean, that's yeah, I sure guess. he yeah. could have went. But anyways. What do you think? Yeah, I think if I think if he comes, yeah, I think if he comes back, I think he transfers probably just to see what's out there. But I don't get the sense that he is even thinking about it. I feel like he's probably just going to go play overseas. He could make a lot of money there. He has the Mm -hmm, similar style as a foreign big. He's got tremendous footwork. Oh yeah, and he can score underneath. He would definitely fit great over there. So let's talk about. The final four. The first game tomorrow is the Houston Baylor game. And I do think that Baylor will probably win this game, but I think people are kind of overlooking how good Houston actually is. Now, the big key for them is obviously making shots and controlling the glass, which is going to be harder to do against Baylor than it was against Oregon State. Uh, how do you look at this matchup and who do you think wins it? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, Houston's been severely underrated throughout coming into the tournament. Like, a lot of people had them – like, I had them losing to West Virginia, but I was just irrationally high on West Virginia. Obviously, that didn't work out. But, yeah, I mean, Houston does one thing really well, two things really. They play hard because that's what Kelvin Sampson gets out of his guys. And they rebound 40% of their shots that they miss. Like, that is fantastic. Like, if you're rebounding nearly half the shots you miss, you're going to get a lot of shots up, and you're going to win a lot of basketball games. But the thing is, they just haven't hit a lot of those shots. Like, Quentin Grimes struggled against Oregon State. That's a big reason why the game was close. Marcus Sasser hasn't been consistent in the tournament. They need those two guys to really hit shots because they're going to get offensive rebounds. I believe uh, on Ken Palm, Baylor is like 272nd in defensive rebounding percentage. They really struggle in the defensive glass. So if Houston's able to capitalize on them, they can hit shots off their offensive rebounds, then they can certainly win the game. But if you're just, you know, uh, getting offensive rebounds and not hitting the shot, it doesn't really do anything. So, you know, if Quentin Grimes has a big game, I could certainly see Houston winning. But I just think Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler are going to be too much for Houston to handle. I think Baylor has been the second-best team pretty much all season. Might have been Illinois here or there. But I think Baylor ultimately gets the national championship. Yeah, I think um, Mark Vidal is going to play a huge role in this game. If he can defend and rebound for them, he needs to do those things. But uh, I'd I'd sign up for a couple of Maceo Teague hitch daggers um, with that shot. That would be fun. He did do that against Arkansas. <laughs> he got a that Sean times. Marion jumper. Yeah, yeah, it is so weird. I don't understand how that like. Why does he like he has the hitch sometimes and other times it's only, doesn't? It's only when he's slowing down the game when he's. When he's in motion, he he's fine. But when it's he's get, when he gets time, there's that transition three. It's not and he's pretty. Wide open yeah, it's not pretty it. at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but it goes makes, in. And he had 
Yeah. You're telling me a guy with that shot could hit 10 threes in a game, which he did against Texas Tech? I mean, that's amazing <laughs> to me. But I don't know if there's that much to talk about with the other game. Um, I really don't think UCLA has a chance. And I don't know why people are saying that UCLA is like a – I don't even think they're – can you consider them a Cinderella because of their name? Probably not. But they're also not that good either. Like, I don't understand how they've made this run. They were helped by Michigan just being abysmal offensively down the stretch. And then they played Abilene Christian. Yeah. And then you have the played Abilene Christian in the second round, um, which Abilene Christian, they played well defensively, but they play the type of style that's going to wear themselves down. And they really don't have the size or offense to win multiple games in the tournament. It's really hard to do that. Um, they did beat Alabama, which was a great win, but they were helped by Alabama missing 14 free throws. And Herb Jones looked like he'd never shot a free throw in that game. I don't know what happened there. Brutal, um, yeah. And then BYU, obviously, they didn't have their fastball in that game. They just got beat the entire game, and then Michigan State blew that game. So UCLA has no chance. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't like to do this in the Final Four, but I just don't think they do. Um, and you're telling me that Drew Timmy can do what he did to Evan Mobley, and he's not going to do that to Cody Riley? I mean, he's going to have 30 and 20 if he really wanted to. Yeah. But uh, honestly, Gonzaga hasn't even played a complete game that they would be happy with, and they're still winning by a lot. Like the Creighton game, they weren't that great overall. They've just been saved by the fact they make their twos. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. They finish. They don't. They haven't shot that well from three in the tournament, but they make their twos. So what do you think about this matchup, and will UCLA keep it within, let's say, 18 points? What's the spread, 14? 14, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they can easily cover the spread. I think I actually have it in my prediction I wrote up on uh, making the madness. There's a car going by. Uh, hold up, it's kind of loud. Or it might be a motorcycle. Yeah, motorcycle. But okay, he's gone. But uh, yeah, I think I had Gonzaga win by exactly 18. I think they'll win by like I think like they'll be up like 25. Like they were up like 26 or something like that late against USC. But when it's late in the game, you don't have to put your uh, you don't have to put the gas on the brakes really. You can kind of just let it flow, and whatever happens happens. They'll put in the bench late in the game because they don't want to wear their guys out. You know, I think it won't be a very close game because Gonzaga's just that much better. I think they're that much better than everybody, and I've thought that all season. They're just one of the – I, you know, people don't like when I say this, but they're the best – you know, I, I wasn't alive in 1976, so I can't speak on the 1976 Indiana team. But I think this Gonzaga team is the best team I've ever seen. And going undefeated hasn't happened that long or since then for a reason. It's hard to do. You can get into the tournament undefeated. That doesn't happen often either. But no matter what conference you play in, you're probably going to slip up at some point. Gonzaga just hasn't this season. It's not going to happen here. They're going to win pretty easily. And I think they beat Baylor or Houston pretty easily, too. I just think they're that much better than everybody. Yeah, they've Absolutely. they've had everything thrown at them, and they haven't blinked once. I mean, it's just – it's incredible. I don't even know. I, I've always – I don't know why I had Baylor over them for a little bit in the season, which I did because Baylor was so dominant early before they had the pause. But, um, I mean, I'm still surprised that Kentucky team in 2015 didn't go undefeated, to be honest. I – that's the type of lineup right there that's like unbeatable for that long just because they had so much size and they just controlled mm-hmm. games like it was nothing. They had an NBA, a guy who's an NBA star now that was on the bench. I mean, that team was so good. But uh, Tyler, you got anything else? Uh, just one thing going back to coaching. What are your thoughts on uh, Kansas signing Bill Self to a lifetime contract when there's still – you know, allegations out there, stuff out there. It's still pending. Um, and I was just seeing now uh, he's guaranteed half his salary, even if <laughs> even if those allegations are correct. 
Yeah, I mean, I I I don't understand it at all. Like, I wasn't gonna be surprised if when they lost the USC by thirty four or whatever that that would have been his last game at Kansas. Not because right. they would fired him like voluntarily, I guess, but because yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a one or two year suspension. Because it seems like the NCAA has quite a bit on him, so he's probably yeah. gonna get suspended for a decent period of time. Kansas is probably going to get a ban. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not playing in next year's NCAA tournament because they'll be banned from it. Yeah. Uh, depending on what happens with investigation, I think they have uh, quite a bit on, enough on Kansas to ban them from an NCAA tournament, maybe two. They're going to throw the book at the NCAA, at uh, Kansas and Bill Self without a doubt. I don't know why yeah. they did this. I, it seems pretty nonsensical <laughs> to me. I yeah. wouldn't have done it at all, but... I guess they're going to sure. do what they're going to do. I don't even think he's a great coach either. Like, I think he's no. a fine coach, but, like, they could do better, I feel like. He, but it's I mean, he you recruits really talent. It, it's the it's the coaching aspect of it that is not. Yeah. You don't uh, lose at Kansas. Like, if sure. you're a subpar coach, you're going to win at Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. The name gets you talent. So, mm-hmm. What about Sean Miller? What's going on with him? I don't. I don't even know at this point. Like, I think I. I don't think he's a good coach either. So I think they could have fired him just for being a bad coach. But it seems like nothing might happen there. Kind of just based on what they said. I think they only have one thing against Sean Miller. So he's probably not going to get in trouble at all. Maybe like a small suspension. I doubt it even be a full season. Arizona took that self-imposed ban. So we'll see if the NCAA, you know, doesn't ban them now. I guess they would have been a tournament team. So I'm not sure why they did that. But you know, I, I don't think he's a good coach. So if they have a bad couple next couple of years, he might get fired anyways. But they could be really good. Sure, they have a ton of talent returning. Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting situation. I think both Arizona teams have chance to, or the two main ones, I guess, have a chance to get back into the tournament next year. All right, uh, Sean, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, we'll catch up probably later in the off season. Have a good one, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so that was Sean Paul, who is at Sean Paul, uh, or at Sean zero two M two M on the Twitter, uh, writer podcaster for makingthemadness.com. Also makes some great clothes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, Not that Sean. <laughs> I, I was trying to throw that in with him, and then you just cut you cut me off. I didn't even get to well, say. You it. know what? That would have been stupid. So. Um, <laughs> I just I was going to do it, so you were embarrassed, but. USBWA member, of course, uh, USA Today, uh, Mountain West Wire, sports media writer or something. So that's what that says. Uh, so there's your plug. Uh, that was good. I mean, I, I think he was outside, so the mic pie wasn't as good as it could have been, but that's fine. We got a lot of information there. Yeah. A lot of Sport things guy. to, to, to discuss. Uh, I think that he broke that – He's broken a lot of transfer news, but he did break that Ed Conroy, who's a Minnesota assistant, was the leader for the uh, Utah State job. So we'll see what happens with that job. Um, I mean, here's how I look at the Paul Porter Moser thing. I'm slightly surprised that he left for a Big 12 school. He strikes me as a Midwest guy. Yeah. I, that, I mean, it was always, oh, he loves Chicago. I, so I, you know. I, I don't know where, but I mean, what what are you going to get in Chicago? Yeah, these hires have, like, I guess it's always this way, but these hires have been really underwhelming. It's always like that, though, right? Why yeah, like, it, like there's all this hype, like, oh, Beeline's going to come back, uh, Brad Stevens to Indiana, like that type of shit, and, uh, and then it ends up being nothing. I don't even care at this point. It's the end <laughs> of the season, so, um, you know. The only the, the big splash hires are Porter Moser at Oklahoma, 
Chris Beard to Texas, and Craig Smith to Utah. Those are the splash hires. Ben Johnson to Minnesota, no splash. Uh, Mike Woodson, Indiana, absolutely no splash. Um, that's about it, right? I mean, I, I tell you what, Woodson got Trace Jackson Davis to not only come back, but to say that he believed in what he was going to do. So it can't be that hard to do that, though. Come on. Yeah. Uh, hey, Trace, hey, uh, Trace we're going to give you the ball every time down the court. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess Pat Kelsey to Charleston's a pretty good hire with what he did at Winthrop. That's a good hire, I guess. Um, I have a, a strong feeling that there will not be a splash hire from North Carolina because I think for it to be that, it would have to be like Tony Bennett. That's yeah. like the only one I could see. Yeah. And that I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, there's there's been some good hires, but not the splash hire, right? I mean, like, you know, You're getting no no splash. I get it. Like low-key good hire, like TJ Otzelberger to Iowa State. Low-key good hire. Shante Leggans or Leggins leaving Eastern Washington to go to Portland. Pretty good hire. New Mexico getting Richard Pitino could be good because now he's not in a conference where everybody's good. He'll be able to underperform in a different conference. That should be fun for them. And then that's really all I look at overall. So, I mean, that's kind of – that's kind of the routine. Yeah. Every year. Kim English, I think, is going to do really well at George Mason. I have a great feeling about that one. Um, and, yeah, so. You think Adam Miller is going to go to Missouri? Oh, no. It sounds like he's going to Arizona. Go to Arizona State. Which I if he wants me to root for him, he should go to Arizona State. I mean, Bobby Hurley's pulling some transfers, right? And I, I'd rather play for Bobby Hurley than douchebag Sean Miller. True I mean, that. Seriously. True At least that. Bobby Hurley had a good career in college and played, which I really don't True care that. about. But if we're going to put him up against Sean Miller, who's a pig who sweats through his shirt like it's nobody's business, then yeah. That's kind of my thoughts on uh, Sean Miller. Yeah. Who should have been fired a long time if ago. You, if you listen to the other one. So that would be interesting, though. Is, is Illinois going to go – they're going to go back to that. Like Arizona has to come to Illinois, right? It's a home and home, so it'd be this yeah. season. They someone canceled. goes somewhere in the next season. Well, they canceled. They canceled this season because of COVID. Yeah, they're going to move it back to twenty one and twenty two. Both seasons, this season and next season, it'll be home and home. What Illinois already played there? That didn't count. They just they came oh, up they threw that one out, huh? I got gotcha. you. No, like the they didn't sign the deal for the home and home until before this season. Ah, uh, I got you. I got you. Okay, that's how I took it. I I don't know. I was asking you because you're smarter than me. I don't know if I'd say that, but <laughs> anyways, I mean, let's talk about some of the final four stuff. Um, okay. I mean, we're getting Gonzaga Baylor, right? I mean, that's. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. If there's if there's anybody out there that you know. Because I was pretty upset when they didn't play the first time. I think that every basketball fan wants Gonzaga Baylor, right? Nobody wants to see UCLA and Houston. Oh, that would be a nightmare. A UCLA and Houston fan. Any any championship game this year? I don't year want to see a forty. What was, what was the score of that Michigan game? Forty nine to fifty two or something. 51. 49. With Gonzaga Baylor, you'd probably be like in the eighties. I'd bet. So 
I don't see any scenario where um, where Gonzaga loses. So I think you can lock them in. If they're not in, though, you're, the NCAA is in big trouble. True, true. It would be disastrous ratings-wise to have UCLA in there because nobody cares about UCLA basketball right now. I mean, unless, you know, people root for the underdog, you know. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more people rooting for UCLA in that game than Gonzaga. Because they're losers. Well, just the casual fans, you know, the casual. Who the hell? I don't care if you're a casual or not. Who the hell wants to watch UCLA in the national championship? <laughs> that team sucks, honestly. Yeah, they're not good. Underdogs, man. Are you going to the- cry if Gonzaga loses? Yes. To UCLA, yeah. <laughs> They lose to Baylor, my bracket's correct, so suck on that. True. If they win, everyone will shut the hell up about how they can't survive in the Big Ten. True. So, I mean, here's my thought on this whole thing. This UCLA team is not any good, honestly. I mean, this is a great run, good for Mick Cronin, all that stuff. This team's not good. They're the typical Cinderella that isn't that good and then gets smoked when they finally lose, which is what's going to happen tomorrow. So, Correct. Like, who has watched UCLA in this tournament and said, wow, that is a really good team? They had to come back to beat Michigan State. BYU looked like they'd never shot a basketball before. Abilene Christian has no offense and is dead. Uh, Alabama shot 11 for 25 from the free throw line, and Michigan couldn't make a layup. The thing is, you don't have to be good. All you got to do is win. And that's what they've done. So good on them. Yeah, but they're not good. So that's kind of – they've you won three run, but they're not good. You know what's funny? Like every bracket that you see that had them in the final four, everybody's like, well, I actually had Michigan State, but, you know, ESPN just automatically gives you whatever team wins that game. <laughs> so, all right. Pretty funny. I thought. Who would have Michigan State in the final four? People that love Tom Izzo, you know, it's like, it's like January, February, March, Izzo, July, or whatever. Yep. You, you know how that saying goes. From that one guy. By the way, Ron Harper Jr. is uh maybe gonna go test his he'll be returning his uh feet in the in the NBA draft. I think there's zero chance that he gets returning. Drafted. Yeah, he has to. Him so and EJ Liddell are both gonna stay. He's too slow in the Big Ten. You know what I can't wait for? When you and I do a season preview show for next season in November. That's the whole college season. Oh, yeah, we're doing it. Oh boy. That's where our next podcast will be after the – I mean, should we even – are we going to do one before and after the National Championship or should we just do one after? Because I think we know what the matchup is going to be. I think just after is fine. Yeah, we'll just do one after like Tuesday or something or whatever. Unless it's you know, unless it's not what everybody thinks it's going to be. Even if it is Gonzaga-Houston. How big Houston, of a favorite's Baylor? Five and a half? Five or five and a half around there, yeah. I don't know. That was just me spitballing, so – I have Baylor winning 71-64 and Gonzaga 81-62, which I think is generous. For Very. UCLA. Very. I think I'd be Gonzaga kind of surprised if you said they got more than 60. 25. Yeah, uh, Johnny Juzang is going to have to have 40 points for UCLA to get above four, uh, 60 points probably. So that will be that. And uh, we'll have a national championship game that probably involves Gonzaga and it probably involves Baylor. We're going to have and, one shining moment, folks. And it won't have That's Illinois on there. It's all about maybe, maybe Curbelo's uh, between the lake baskets, but um, and that'd really piss Adam Miller off. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. 
<laughs> oh god i can't wait to have the one time that we have people actually show up in our stream will be <laughs> bitch about adam miller no no reason to bitch about it. dude the dude wanted to leave he can leave unless he goes to missouri then we can bitch about it i actually respect him for coming and playing instead of decommitting i i agree i mean there like nobody the thing is when io said he was coming back nobody thought he would stay so the fact that we got him for a year, I think he knew how good this team could be. You know, like, hey, why not go to Illinois and try to win a national championship, and then I can transfer, you know? I I get it. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll save that conversation for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that. All right, uh, let's end this here, and we'll be back for this version of the thing, of the thing, uh, on the thing. Uh, after Solid the national outro coming before. in. So there you go. So <laughs> we'll be live with our line action tomorrow, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time.